Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the only podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can follow us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at the only colors. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. And, um, uh, um, well, this, uh, there was a game played. I think that much we can say for sure. So I made a, that's it. Austin, I made a huge error. Mm-hmm. I forgot that the Washington Husky mascot is the, the really, really cute dog. And I was like, man, I don't even want to beat these guys anymore. And then that's when I you know, let my guard down and I blame me, everyone. That's on me. The dog well, got me. It takes, it takes a big man to admit that this loss was entirely his fault, but I very much appreciate you. Uh, knowing that that really there's nobody else to blame so the thing that wasn't too stressful for me was as i was watching it i was like oh, i've seen this game this is <laughs> purdue i watched i watched 20 21 purdue i watched this game and i i like was texting people and i was like this is the purdue game right and everyone was like oh my god yeah i have seen this movie before it was a, <laughs> it was like not a fun movie that's why i didn't remember yeah. it yeah that's what that's the one um, pretty much we watched the same script as 2021, where if you play an average to or an above average quarterback who's comfortable throwing the ball, like an, an above times a game, you're going to lose. And, um, that's what happened. I mean, pretty much. Is that fair? Is that easy? Yeah, I, I think, um, the disappointing part about, well, there's a lot of disappointing parts about this game, but it really was a complete kind of like systemic, uh, you know, everybody, everybody got involved in blowing it basically. Um, <laughs> the, like I, I was, I was pretty disappointed in, I don't really, really kind of goes across the board. Um, let's, let's <laughs> start with it. Let's, no, it's, it. it's true. I mean, because, because if I look at this game, I can tell myself in my head that if like, that I, I can make an excuse for each side of the ball and say, Hey, if these guys just didn't screw up so bad, we might've had a shot. Hey, if these guys didn't just screw up so bad. We might have a shot. Like if, if the offense doesn't shoot themselves in the foot time and time again, they probably could have scored enough points to stay in this game, despite not having Jaden Reed. I mean, they, they were. Let's not put it on them. Let's not put it on. No, 
No, but I'm just saying it's definitely not their fault. And then you go to the defense and you say, well, if the defense could have just kept this to 35 instead of 38, I, I think Michigan State could have been right in this game. I think if the coaching staff had just decided, you know what, we should probably blitz once in this game instead of letting Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. throw the ball for six 45. yards every single play. I bet the defense could have done better. So it, 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 there isn't it, to me, honestly, there isn't really one thing that I can pin down. Everybody wants to talk about the pass defense. That is a massive, massive issue. And defensively, that was kind of the only issue. But offensively, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot. How many different times? I mean, uh, special teams didn't even play well. Behringer played well, but the kick returns were were bad. Field position was awful. I think their average starting wow. field position was within the twenty yard line. Yeah, and, and it, you, you don't yeah. you can't blame onside kicks. I mean, there's a little bit of no bad. true, but but I'll also say like we can't we cannot get we can not recover onside kicks. That's fine. That's not really going to happen generally anyway. We need right. to kick the ball ten yards. We need to not kick it out of bounds. Like, come on. Yeah. We got to at least have a shot at it. Anyway, uh, to your point, let's go back. Um, because yep. about the passing defense, got to talk about it. The, the only thing, my takeaway, though, is, it, is maybe that you know, we'd seen this before. My bigger question is, how many more athletes do you need? What kind of athlete do you need? in the back in the you know defensive backfield to not play that scheme like what are you looking for how many more guys how far away is it because we what we're watching is a team from 2021 did that purposely you know played an umbrella defense massive cushion just don't get beat over the top because frankly they didn't believe that the players on the field were athletic enough or good enough to to play straight up and they won 11 games doing that that's incredible. You know, okay, so you have an offseason. You make a big upgrade at one of the corner positions. And, you know, everyone has a year more of experience. Darius Snow has moved there. He didn't play in this game. Xavier Henderson is, you know, a year older. He didn't play in this game. Are we seeing the same safe, play it safe defense? Because maybe beforehand he thought, I'm speaking for Chris Hazelton and Mel Tucker, you think we might have the guys to actually, you know, Let's play defense. Let's not keep an umbrella prevent. After you dropped Xavier Henderson and Darius Snow, is that what they're doing? I don't know. I'm like asking questions as I'm talking because I love for there to be an answer. You know, when, <laughs> yes. when does it change? Like, when does it change? Because you can't tell me we're going to be playing this type of defense while we continue to improve as a program. That can't happen. Like, because mm-hmm. you're not going to beat elite. You just won't win against elite teams we were watching you play teams with quarterbacks we talked about it last week austin i'm sorry i'll let you jump in that you went down the top 10 of, in the country and i think nine of them had above average to good quarterbacks mm-hmm. well that's the next level so what's the plan you know like i i don't get what it's graduating to and and if yeah. we're going to do this all year okay but what's it graduating to i need that answer yeah, it's a very fair question, and I feel as though they fell back on what worked a year ago because Jacob Slade didn't play, who is their best run defender. Um, and you saw early in the game, 
you know, there, there was definitely an impact to not having, but specifically early on, mm-hmm. but, but, but even so, um, it's just not going to work. I, I think the, the, the worst part for me is kind of if it, that, the, that's the game plan against an opponent like Minnesota who we're seeing this week. I think I can sign up for that for the most part, like right. an offense that isn't literally created to right. complete those short passes every single time out. I mean, between, between the fact that Washington is, is, I think we all saw it. That's actually a pretty talented team. And we knew that going in. I think we were pretty effusive about that last week. It's not an untalented team, very surprisingly talented team, kind of across the board. They recruited well, despite not having the success. Um, it, you know, it, you saw it in the playmakers. I think you saw Penix being comfortable against an offense. You saw Kalen DeBoer uh, going against uh, you know a defense he's seen from his time at Indiana with Michael Penix Jr. Like they just outcoached him. I, I don't think it yep. is a personnel thing. I think that that's maybe that's the frustrating part. I don't think MSU doesn't have the guys. Maybe Chester Kimbrough got got exposed a bit, but. Everybody's got a guy like that. Everyone's I don't think got that. if your nickelback is that, like I'm not yeah. going to get too upset. So exactly. it, 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 I don't know that the answer is you need more this or you need more that. I think it's just really to be, again, just to call a spade a spade, really poor awareness on the coach's part to make that the style you're going. It's just a bad matchup or like a bad style to adopt against that opponent under those conditions and it, but all of that being said if MSU just doesn't give up a safety early in the game if MSU doesn't if they're able to run the ball at all which talk about a problem they're not that far out of this game we saw the offense move the ball we saw Keon Coleman they couldn't cover Keon Coleman the entire game I thought Thorne honestly for the most part probably played his best game of the season so far and mm-hmm. we saw some great stuff from Trey Mosley. Uh, I mean, it was the athletes are there. Like, I, I don't think it's that problem anymore. It's defensively, I think it's just a really bad scheme decision, really bad scheme decision. And then offensively, um, you know, I, I actually, to be honest, coming out of this game, I'm not as concerned about the defense because I think there are enough dudes there. You saw Chris Bogle pop. Jacoby Winman, bit of a red flag, got completely, completely neutralized uh, during this game. But the, the other part about the defense where I feel a little bit better is because they just rushed four. Like they didn't bring pressure the way they did in those first two games when they had all that success. So I'm worried about the coaching decisions there, but I'm not worried about the personnel as much. If I go to offense, I am worried about the offensive line. It's not to say, and we all knew it, but it's not to say that Washington's defensive line isn't talented because it is. But that is, the, it, again, you, just, you said it earlier. You want to know what the next step is? You want to know how Michigan State can get up to being a legitimate top 10 type team? It's improving in those trenches. They had nothing. They had nothing for nobody on that. I'm trying to run the ball in that game. Jalen Berger complete, completely shut down. Jarek Broussard completely and totally shut down. They ran for 42 yards on 29 carries. I mean, it was a pretty pitiful display, whereas they were able to move the ball through the air uh, pretty effectively. Um, I, I need What I need to see moving forward is 
some type of adjustment. Like this is now a trend, right? Over two plus years of this is how Michigan State plays this had a defense. And every time they play a quarterback that's able to handle it, they get shredded and they lose. You saw with Aiden O'Connell last year, CJ Stroud. I'm genuinely afraid of what CJ Stroud is going to do to this defense if they don't play a different t- style uh, this fall. Um, I mean, don't worry. You know, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I've been going on for a while here, but my, my takeaways are this team. Uh, I think the coaches kind of, kind of let them down and defensively. They just had a bad, bad game plan. Um, and they just didn't seem, they didn't, I think the most alarming thing for me, and I'm interested in your take on this. They didn't seem ready for this game. They didn't seem ready for this moment at all. And they've been, they pride themselves on being deep water and showing up in big moments. And they came out, and they were on their heels until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I on the okay, yeah. Program talked a lot of shit about being the tougher guy, and I will say that they did. They never went down, and and mm-hmm, I think that's true. Where that's where the culture shined through. I was pissed off that they got punched in the mouth, but that's not the mantra. The mantra is get up off the mat and keep chopping. Mm-hmm. And so when they did, and they didn't quit, because I, I watched a lot of the folks on second screen, a lot of people were, you know, turn it off, logging off, that's fine, it's not a judgment. I, I just, I think I also saw a handful of people that were like, guys, long game, keep chopping. And I'm like, you know what, that oh, is yeah. a mindset. And they did, they were there. They weren't there, but it was like. They, they weren't that far from it. there when it all, was, could, when it all yeah. was said and done. That's what I mean, because they kept, they did, kept, despite all the, all the things we highlighted, you know, whether it be personnel or coaching or whatever, they, they all hung in there for it. Absolutely. And Peyton Thorne, especially, you know, kid got knocked around and he, he knew it was a wasted down when we were handing it off, just like everyone at home did. So he knew it was on him. And he was like, he was doing stuff there when they were down like 21 that I was like, you don't have to do that kid. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like running and, and taking on hits and like, really, yeah. I'm like, shit, man. Okay. I love it. And, and I think, you know, I guess let's go back, you know, one of the takeaways we had was, you know, kind of disappointment. But my question to you, Austin, is we just, let's pretend it's 2020, the season ended, they went two and five. We, we knew what we watched out there. And then I told you, Austin, we are over the next two years combined, we're going to win 19 games, two bowl games. We're going to win. And one of them is going to be New York 16. The problem is we're going to get something is going to be so frustrating that simply it's going to drive you crazy and you're going to complain about it. How do you feel? Is that now do you feel like, man, I would take it, take a 19 wins in a second after a two and five or have your standards just been raised? Well, I wouldn't be happy with 19. I'd be happy with 20. I don't, I don't okay. feel as though it's, uh, no, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say that a, really? se- a seven, oh, 100%. I mean, no, if you asked me that the day that we finished that season, of course I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat because yes, but no, but my, then you asked me if my perspective has changed and yes, unequivocally, my perspective has changed. And it's because you want to, now if you had won 10 games last year and you're offering me a nine win season, including a bowl game this year, I'll take it. I'm not happy with eight wins if that includes a, a bowl game. I think that's that is a that is an underperforming on a talent level based on what we've seen from this team. I don't. I mean, and I mean that genuinely. I look at this schedule and 
there are there are four more losable games on there for sure. But I'll put it this way: I'm glad this loss came when it did this season because they weren't going to win every game. But I am glad that if they are going to lose a game and just truly get their asses kicked like this, that it happened the third game of the season because this is now yeah. officially a hey boys like and hey coaches like we're we're not going to win playing like that. Last year felt like this magical ride and it was awesome. Like I, I it was a such a fun year, one of the more fun years I can remember. Um, but you know, it definitely hid some some warts because of how fun it was and the storyline and all that. I think this year it's a li- it's a little bit different. It's a more of like a guys we've set a standard for ourselves that is just better than the product we just put on the field. So okay, we need to figure Here's that we need to figure that out. Here's a follow up then. What if what if it was just that that this type of you were told that this type of scheme that you're about to see switch is going to win as many games as the schedule allows. Meaning last year, they played five quarterbacks that could beat them. But one of them played on a team so bad it didn't matter, Western Kentucky. One of them didn't start, Michigan. And one of them was took himself out of the game because he had more money to make in the NFL, which made sense. Kenny Pickett. So now imagine those three, you know, like you played five quarterbacks. It just, you lost to the other two, you know, Aiden O'Connell and CJ Stroud, who are better than average. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you got a couple lucky breaks there. Let's be honest. Um, and then you, you, same thing. You move forward another year. You're a little more talented, but same thing. You're going to lose to teams that have average above average quarterbacks. That's just how it works. You know, is that okay? Yeah. I don't know. No. I don't think it no. is. I don't think you should be. You shouldn't be. You you here. Well, here my my counter question is: Do do you do you want to be Iowa? Because no, because it's, that's it's, I agree. it's the yeah. same thing. It's the same thing so, because your style of offense, if you're Iowa or Wisconsin, really, yep. is you're gonna you're gonna beat the teams, and honestly, to a lesser degree, maybe a less extreme degree, Michigan, because they just they have much better talent, but kind of live by the same die by the sword thing. Your your scheme is going to be what it is. And You're right. it is going to allow you to do whatever the teams around you. You don't get to dictate anything. You just you are at the the whim of the team that you're playing. They dictate whether they're good enough to win or not. I'm not happy with that personally. I don't I don't think that's yeah. style, like because because you should have higher expectations for your program. I mean, quite honestly. Sure. So so um, while I. While I get the the thought process behind it, and quite honestly, I subscribe to it for a lot of last year. That there's an adjustment that needs to be made because if 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 this is what you're gonna see on a regular basis whenever you play a decent quarterback, um, that just shouldn't be that just shouldn't be good enough for this coaching staff or for these players. And I don't even again, I don't really even put this on the players that much they're giving right. like seven yard window like seven yard cushions every time i'm sure that's not what they want to be doing these guys have pride too uh-huh. um so you you got to find a way to get more creative you got plenty of bodies you you, you got to do something a little bit differently and now i don't i i do want to caution against one thing which is i've seen people saying time to time to get scotty hazelton out of town i i'm not ready to go there yet but a, a couple more like this, 
And I think you, you know, some people, I think I tweeted out, like, you got to start asking questions about Scotty Hazelton. There's a difference between that and saying you should fire him. I mean, if you, if that's what you want, then that's what you should say out and out. I don't feel that way yet. Um, but if he's not going to show the ability to adjust, despite having what appears to be a significantly more talented defense, uh, then you have to wonder if he's the guy that can take this program to where you want it to be. Because again, what do we say? We say either try to be a national champion or just just hang it up don't bother um and look at look like look at ohio state what did they do they had a a a decent defense and they and they fired their defensive coordinator a guy who's been there forever to go sign somebody who they thought could be a better option for them because they hold themselves to that standard now michigan state's not there yet but you shouldn't accept this just because this is the guy that's been there so i you know a couple more like this maybe to teams that are less offensively inclined especially than the one we just watched and i think all of the questions become very valid yeah i mean for those old enough uh there were a lot of people who wanted pat narduzzi gone and Hmm. different and the sad part for me though is that narduzzi did the same scheme and it didn't work until he had some dudes and he found some dudes who could run press coverage on an island, and that's what he wanted to do. And it worked once he got his guys. problem I'm seeing with, with Hazleton, what do you need? Like I said before, like what do you need? What do you, you want to run? Because you can't run this. That's just, mm-hmm. you just, this is just, this is a, was a stopgap. And if you're telling yeah. me this was not a stopgap, this is you, you got, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm very out. I'm out. Like we can do better than that. I don't disagree. I think the key difference between him and Narduzzi is in Narduzzi's scheme, especially is Narduzzi's scheme never gave five yard cushions. They put their guys up on the line and they put their hands on every wide receiver. And I honestly would like to just see that. Like, just show us, just show us, show us more press, blitz a little bit, make these receivers work for it. Cause I think that's the biggest problem. And that's what people hate seeing the most is, the opposing wideouts are there were so many times during this game. It's that I think let me stop before I just like start ranting here. But Narduzzi, when you lost to better quarterbacks, it's because those quarterbacks could make really tough throws. They were completing uh-huh. tight stuff down the sideline or throwing it short, and an athlete was making a play. This is the exact opposite of that. There were so many times during this game where receivers had nobody within seven or eight yards of them. That, when you have the level of athlete Michigan State has now, which is, again, not top 10 in the country or anything like that, but certainly on par or close to it with Washington's, when you have that, it, it's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. When, you're, when you are a – if it's Boston College, if it's Rutgers, if, if we're talking about Indiana football, like, right, right, right. then you, do you really want to tempt fate? Right. But this isn't this isn't that you've gone out and you've become the king of the transfer portal for a reason. You put an emphasis on defense and you should have guys that can go out there and challenge just about anybody. And that's that's what I think is so frustrating. And quite frankly, what I what I think everybody wants to wants to see addressed. Otherwise, that's when those questions, again, become very valid. Well, OK, and then I think we all knew it might have been a long day when we saw Phoenix just throw an absolute dot. Oh, and Chester Kimbrough with playing man really wasn't his fault. He just threw a dot. 
And that was kind of the press coverage that you saw. And I was like, okay, they showed that. And he just kind of got beat over the top on a dime. Okay. But then, like you said, you live with that. You live with that. And that's, that's what we like. If someone's going to beat you that way, fine. You know, that that rarely, that rarely happens. But we got guys on offense too. And we saw Mosley have a hell of a catch. You know, we oh, can, man. you know, we got guys that can make plays too. We're not, like you said, Boston College or Rutgers. We have guys. And um, we found two other ones. First one, Daniel Barker, that's an NFL tight end. Oh, that, guy, that, guy, that guy can play in the NFL. And um, Keon Coleman, that's, that's not just an NFL wide receiver. That, that might be our first day guy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go there. Uh, well, I'm willing to also say that I think Trey Mosley uh, could be an NFL receiver at this point he all the guy does is produce makes incredible at like that catch was a level of athleticism and coordination i don't think i knew i don't think i knew he had that in his bag so that's was Mm-mm. amazing um barker is absolutely an nfl tight end all he did was get open he ended up with seven catches um and i i think we've seen keon coleman again it's only been three games but you're not going to find a more physically talented wide receiver than him and you're starting to see the discipline in the route running and the tough catch making and the blocking and the intuitiveness on a two point conversion to run back to the quarterback and the coordination to catch a tip ball. Like you, I think you've got the full package here. Uh, and uh-huh. and I, I genuinely mean, like, I think he is, a, I think he is going to have his opportunity to, if he continues to improve his game to be a first round wide receiver. I mean, this offense didn't, again, they didn't run the ball well, but after they stopped getting out of their own way and getting out of the shadow of the end zone, they scored 28 points in this game. They were honestly, uh, yeah, time kind of ran out on them because the defense final, I think, you know, Washington obviously took their foot off the gas a little bit, but like they weren't as shockingly out of this game as you would have expected based on the way the first, you know, quarter at least went, um, and I think, again, I thought Thorne played well, but you've, you've got talent. I think you're going to have the offense to stay in a lot of games, even if you can't run the ball. Um, and so that's not going to be the problem. It's going to boil down to this defense. And then, again, it'll be Peyton Thorne not you know, playing a, a bonehead game, which I thought for the most part he was able to do in this one. I mean, he's, he he kind of really sh- showed up because when it was became obvious they couldn't run the ball, I mean, Michigan State – Every uh, rush, on average, was the first hit was half yard behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's not me making like making that up. That that's the statistic, and <laughs> that's not great. You know, I mean, like that is something you can't. And you're like, okay, is Peyton Thorne gonna throw the ball forty plus times a game? Fine. Um, okay. Yeah, let's 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 see what. I don't know. You know, but let's. But I was just really impressed. Also, the other piece was the two goal line stands. That's yeah. kind of the culture thing, though. Like you know, and I was talking. We were talking about like, and they didn't give up. Like they had every reason to just be like, screw this. You know, like they're oh, gonna yeah. punch it in. They didn't. They didn't punch it in without our best D tackle when they tried to punch it in four times, which will makes us feel a little different about some of the other games on our schedule, including the next one. But before we do anything else, is there any other things you want to make sure you get on the board here with this one? Um, I, I don't know. I, like, 
I'm, I'm again, I think my biggest takeaway is that something schematic, like I think maybe just the coaches need to trust these guys, these DBs a little bit more. And they're, they're going to lose games to good quarterbacks if this continues. Now, if I, let me just pull up the schedule real quick because I know it by heart, but I want to see it so I quote these all right. As I look at this schedule, and I go down like the good quarterbacks that could beat you. Here's the good news for Michigan State. There's maybe four left on the schedule. So to your point, John, you are going to have to find a way, if you want to avoid a seven-win season, to beat a good quarterback and take care of business against the rest of these teams. Because I look down the line here and I see Maryland, lefty to, righty Tua is having a pretty nice season already. Stroud is a, maybe the number one overall pick. J.J. McCarthy's been great for Michigan so far. And then I see Sean Clifford at the end of the year, who, talk about a win, Purdue, or uh, Penn State went on the road and had a great win against uh, Auburn. Like just killed Auburn, in a large part because of him. So you're going to have to find a way, because these guys aren't going away. You're not just facing bums the rest of the season. So you're going to have to find a way to be, beat a big quarterback, a good quarterback. I will say weirdly, uh, Peyton Thorne answered a lot of my questions in this game. So if he's going to play like he yeah. did in this one, for the most part, um, I it, it, like if I'm looking for a silver lining, I'm very glad that he performed the way he did. So big opportunity for a bounce back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So should we take a commercial break and then make some jokes? I think so. I think that's the time. Now's the time. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's joke it up. Three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And we are back. Funny time. Let's make folks. fun. Yeah, let's make fun of other programs. All right. Did you see that Georgia went to South Carolina and beat them 48-7? Georgia has given up 10 points in three games. And two were against Power Five teams. One was ranked. <laughs> I, I like. I'm. I'm not ready to go here yet. But I don't think I'm far from saying. And this is crazy because this shows how much respect I have for Nick Saban. But like, I, I'm not that far from saying Kirby Smart's uh, program is has maybe surpassed Alabama at this point in, in current the program, but not the program, the... but no, the current, like, okay. like it, not historically, but like if, if you're talking about who's in better shape for the next handful of years or whatever, like who's okay. the best, okay. best team in the, in the country, like not just this year, but as you look forward into the future, uh, or maybe it's that Georgia star is, 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 pretty much at the point where they deserve all of the same benefits of the doubt that Alabama yeah. has gotten. Cause the, they're really that. at like the, the if people forget about Bama is they had, they won 
so many national titles with just terrible quarterbacks forever. Uh-huh. And like Georgia, Stetson Bennett is clearly not terrible. He's better than any of those bums that Georgia, that Bama ever rolled out there. But they've got five stars behind him. Like we might not even, we might be at like the pre, like the dawn of a juggernaut era, the likes of which we've only seen really with Bama in the last 15 years. Um, and that it should scare the shit out of everybody, Bama included. Cause they, I mean, they are, it is a death machine right now in Athens. It's crazy. And you might be saying to yourself, calm down. And no. I would say, okay. And I would say, okay, just hear me out. Beamer is going to do a great job at South Carolina. Trust me. He's doing, he's got a nice recruiting class coming in. They're going to be fine. They're in a, they're a, they are on the come up. He may be gone. He might be gone to a better job soon. But the next game, BYU went to Oregon and lost 41 to 20. This is significant because Oregon's first team offense had three points against Georgia, if you remember. They, after that game, they scored 15 straight drives since the Georgia game. And I guess, like, if you can't, if you can score on everyone, you know, like BYU included, which is a decent team, how good is George? I know it was the first game, and right. I know it was in Atlanta, but like, that's a very, yeah, but very that was the first game for a brand new Georgia defense, if you'll remember. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and uh, I have to give, I have to give Bo Nix some credit. I watched a decent chunk of this game, especially early. And he looked great. Like, he looked honestly kind of incredible. Um, I couldn't really believe it when I was watching it. Oregon looked phenomenal on both sides of the ball. Ran the ball well. He made a couple really nice throws. They're obviously a talented team. Um, And they ran into a friggin' buzzsaw in Georgia. Yeah, I think Georgia's, like, next level stupid. And I think Oregon is very capable still. I mean, again, the Bo Nix thing should not be lost. Uh as as a major variable in their uh, potential success. But I see no reason why Oregon – well, I see one reason, and it's Bo Nix. But I see one reason why they shouldn't probably be right in until the very end in terms of competing for that that conference. I saw one play of his which was hysterical, where he ran, like, all the way to the right side of the field, and his route wasn't there. So he turned and threw the ball all the way back out of bounds to the left where no and nobody <laughs> yeah. was in like 25 yards yeah. hysterical and somebody tweeted it and was like the bo nicks experience exclamation point and i'm like yes that is that is exactly correct we love it and we love it we want more of it he's he, he's a lot um i'm trying to think of a quarterback that's he's kind of like um oh he's the rocket watch of college football quarterback like there's some good in there. There's he's the Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Like you, it just might have been his night, you know. Yeah, yeah he played really well in that one. So uh, <laughs> credit to him. Um, I want to talk about a game that we rarely would have otherwise. But Kansas went into Houston and won forty-eight to thirty. Undefeated Kansas. They're three and zero. They they're playing Duke this week. They're looking four and out, four and zero, man, and they're going to go to a bowl game. They just got to win two more. And well, now hold on. Uh oh, 
Well, no, let's just – I just want you to remember what you said. Kansas football just needs to win two games. Mm-hmm. I just want you to remember that we are still dealing with Kansas. That being said, I they're 3-0. and I mean, I They're looking at 4-0. Yeah, and Duke's not good. Um, although, yeah, no, we'll talk about there that. Is other, yeah. There is Kansas. But. It's, it's still it's still can it's still Kansas. Um, I think it's hysterical that this could be such like this is an all world basketball matchup, Kansas and Duke. And we're oh, talking yeah. about just a hysterically bad football game. I, I kind of love that. that that's that's a college sports home run right there. Oh, yeah, man. Um, speaking of, of uh, bad games, Miami went to Texas A&M. And lost seventeen to nine. I took nothing away from this. Neither program is serious, even though they are telling you that that they are. I, I have to ask question. I have to really wonder when the Texas A and M money mob comes for Jimbo's head. They like, won, really. but they won. No, I know that. Oh no, I realize that. But they looked awful. Like that's this. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, yeah. They and uh, okay, you scored 17 points against a not good Miami team a week after losing to Appalachian State. Like, are we really yeah. feeling any better today than we did then? Like, in all honesty, barely. no, barely better. I would say they feel barely better. Yeah, like technically better. And mm-hmm. you know, so with that in mind, I just this won't be the last game they lose. They, they, I mean, they won, but like they won't. They're going to lose more games this season, and that's when you have to wonder, like, when does when does that uh, future national championship case start shining too brightly for Jimbo to survive? Well, we're we're going to preview one of their games soon uh, next week because uh, I guess we'll just do it now. They're playing at home uh, versus top ten Arkansas. They get a prove it right. Like Texas A&M should beat Arkansas, like full stop. There's no reason they should lose at home. I don't care if Arkansas is undefeated. I don't care. AM has way more talent. Um, if you lose this game, like you said, they just they they paid way too much for this type of return. So that's the only one That is a fact. And didn't I don't know if did Arkansas lose this week? No. They were on the ropes with an FCS oh, team. That's what it Missouri was. They barely State. beat Missouri State. That's right. They were losing at halftime. They were losing going into the fourth losing. quarter. Well, one team that lost as the fourth quarter ended was our dear friend Herm Edwards and the Arizona State Sun Devils, who lost at home to Eastern Michigan 30 to 21. I guess the Eagles were banking sleep better than our Spartans were because when they traveled out west, they had no problem. Um, and like, here's my spin Herm Edwards and Scott Frost did what they needed to do uh, to get paid against Michigan State. They won, and it allowed us to take this next step into a new chapter. So maybe it was win-win. We thank you, Herm, for your service. And I don't know if you saw, he was fired in the end zone. Never seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, you lose at home to Eastern <laughs> Michigan. I don't think you should make it back to the locker room. I think that's, that's the first time we've seen the situation like that handled correctly. Uh, would you ah, would you walk the long way away, or would you walk right toward him? I would I'm, like if I'm the coach. 
Yeah, if you're going to get fired and you, you see the AD and the president in the end zone, do you take the long route? Just kind of meander around? I think I just, I avoid seeing them. It's like a, like they can't, they don't know I'm here, so they can't fire me type of thing. Like I would really, oh, yeah. I, I try to pull a full Costanza. Maybe not, yeah, like not, not acknowledge it that night and then uh, fully um, like just show up to work the next day and be like, so game plan's on for next week, huh? On to Arizona. Or whatever, it is. Also, just just assume you're still there. But also, like, I would be dying for. That's got to be the goal for guys like Herm Edwards. Get a yeah. Buyout. I guess I guess that's different. Like, yeah, you I, want I, that I genuinely didn't remember he was even the head coach there still. Uh, oh, you yeah. I mean, this is started. honestly this is like the best day of Herb's life. Probably he's like, oh, I don't <laughs> have to work anymore, and I made all that money, and now can go back to just yelling at people on TV. Sick. <laughs> this was a terrible mistake and they kept employing me despite everything I did to try and get fired and bought off. I tried <laughs> so hard. <laughs> he finally is like, there's no way they can't fire me if I lose to Eastern Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> he did it on purpose. Oh man. All right. Let's see. Um, so let's go to the big 10 results. Uh, Michigan had a scrimmage against UConn one fifty nine to zero. Uh, I just wanted to get on the board here. I realized in their non-con schedule, Michigan played teams in back-to-back weeks that uh, this past offseason had conversations about scrapping their football program. <laughs> <laughs> so they're really digging into their uh, you know, pre-World War roots by seeking out programs that no longer exist and yeah. playing them. Nice work, guys. Great job. I mean, uh, it, listen, I think there are two sides to this, both of which I I kind of totally understand. Like, mm-hmm. a part of me wants to just shit on them because, like, sure. do something. The right. other part of me, like, ha- like, begrudgingly really has to commend the just the the commitment to not only not playing, like, challenging teams, but like literally playing teams that are were weeks from not existing. Like if you're gonna go play nobody, like really play no one at all. Like I, I think they should push it and see how far they can go. Like can can you play a high school team? <laughs> can you play like the AA like the what's the the like the intramural? Yeah like intramural like I don't know let's like ask the question. Right? Like, try. <laughs> Make them say no. What do they always say? Make them yes. say no. It's all exactly. The first thing that can happen is they say no. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, like, it's, I, it could I, be more embarrassing than playing those three teams in a row. I don't think so. So, I guess I would just consider that, you know, you, you did have three games, three scrimmages. And now, your biggest test um, as you head into October. Or there, you're will be Maryland. You're gonna you're gonna play Maryland, and that's the test. So I mean, maybe it worked out. I don't know. I, I just I, wonder. I don't know. I see both sides of it. You're you're banking three wins. You're getting to play your backups. Yada yada yada. But I I true I truly just wonder if there is anything you can take away from those three games. Like really, like did did you learn anything? Because they had a charade of a quarterback competition that ended in one guy getting hurt so it didn't really matter but like did you did you learn anything about your team like did i really like what benefit is that besides 
I mean, you're going to, you know, get a better bowl game because you have those three extra wins, which isn't nothing. That's actually like, again, that's why it's kind of genius. But like, I just wonder when you get into those tough situations, I think we talked about this with them last year. Like you get into these tough situations, like you're, are you prepared? Like, is this, do you really feel like you're ready to rock? Do you feel good about JJ McCarthy? Like watching him beat up on like middle schoolers. It's like watching this six foot kid, like dunk on an eight foot rim. Like, is this, are we impressed by what's going on? I don't know. Dude. Uh, Northwestern had no answers against the Southern Illinois Saluki losing 31 to 24. Uh, at home, and that I mean, what does that say about Nebraska? Oof. Well, I wonder. Like, here's a question. Yeah. When when does the question start getting asked about Pat Fitzgerald? Can I th- thank you? I think everyone in the world is thanking you for asking that question. When do we get to ask these questions? Because this isn't like a one-off. You know, like yeah, everyone points to the the last four years, nah. dropping CF, and then any you're kind of you're kind of chopping out. Oh my bad. Just losing a lot of games to bad teams. We got to ask questions, basically. I agree. I mean, he's barely over 500 as a coach. He's won those divisions, but then if you look at just what his general success rate is it's uh honestly not all that impressive let's just go through we go through last year three and nine year before that covid year seven and two year before that three and nine and it was nine and five ten and three seven and six ten and three that's a real nice run then before that five and seven five and seven i mean he just manages to throw one year in there every few years where um you kind of like you like look pull you back in but if he puts together another garbage season, like it looks like he's going to, he's going to, let's say he wins four games, which at this point seems generous. He'll have three and nine, seven and two, three and nine, four and eight as his last four years. Like, I just wonder when we start questioning his validity as a head coach any longer. And he has the benefit of playing the Big Ten West. So, right. Flated numbers, if he, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Uh, Purdue went to Syracuse, and it was the most fun game of the day. Blew it to the end, 32 to 20. Did you watch the end of this one? Uh, I didn't see the whole thing. I know you were telling me about the very end, but no, I actually, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the very end. John, John, John. I think you got to disconnect your headphones and reconnect them because it's super choppy. Okay. We may or may not edit this out. Good commercial break. Can you hear me? I think so. Keep talking. And we're back. Oh, and we are back. Oh, yeah. We invested in new uh, in microphones, and of course, they drop here on the first time out. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, we're going to get We're not it. editing that out, by the way. So, oh, I, 
as a dedication to our our listeners, I think the real ones will appreciate that we didn't edit a thing. Only the real ones. Dude, our boy Sean Tucker did not have a great game, but um but the Qs still pulled it out, uh, scored with about no time left to win. I saw some of this game and it was this is like that's this was part of the magic of college football to me is a game like this between two teams that it doesn't really matter what happens that just give us good old goodness, good, absolute chaos. No one's really good. No one's really sure what's going on. Just just technically playing a game inside a massive stadium that's never been filled. (laughs) That happened again when Indiana beat Western Kentucky 33 to 30 at home. Uh, Indiana's undefeated, but they they might be the worst undefeated team in the country. Yeah, dude, uh, th- they're terrible. Uh, <laughs> I watched a decent amount of this game too, especially the end. Um, they're really bad. Like they nailed a fifty-something yard field goal to uh, to win this game in overtime, and it was just a shame that that Western Kentucky couldn't win. They had these sick helmets on that just said tops. So, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. This I, I do. Indiana might have the most hollow three and O that's uh, currently being played. I'd have maybe. Well, I don't know. Michigan's is is probably actually the most hollow, but uh, Indiana's. I think Michigan might actually be a decent team. Indiana is is doo doo. <laughs> Oklahoma went to Nebraska. Um, they filled that stadium, man, and. Nebraska scored first, and they were going nuts. And then Oklahoma went on a 49-7 to run, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't fun anymore. Hey, I learned in real time yesterday that if you're an acting head coach, you can still fire guys. And Nebraska did that. Oh, sweet. Defensive coordinator. I didn't think he had the authority to fire people, but he yeah. definitely did it. <laughs> so... That is awesome. Do you know how much that, how good that probably felt for Mickey Joseph? Oh, he's yeah. probably hated that guy for four he years did. that they've been working together. This is a says oh. a spite firing if there's ever been one, and I support it. Oh, that's awesome. Rutgers held on against Temple, winning sixteen to fourteen. They threw for fifty nine yards. I think I found a uh, new most hollow three and Rutgers, though, come on. I, we can't we just be happy for them? Yeah, no. No, all right, that's fair too. Wisconsin won sixty-six to seven over New Mexico State. Jerry Kill is the head coach of New Mexico State, so playing an old Big Ten West foe. Uh, I can't imagine this was fun for anyone. No. Oh wow. I mean, Jerry Kill. I didn't. The first thing I thought of with Jerry Kill was ice cream. Uh, <laughs> that's and I, not, it's a different. <laughs> A different bald min- fat guy from Minnesota. That yeah, was but coach. they're kind of all the same. Uh, but I, yeah, that's a bummer. Like, that's a job. It's like, do you really, like, don't you just want to hang out? Do you really want to go coach New Mexico football, Jerry? Yeah, don't do that. Retire, yeah. man. Um, Graham Mertz looking better. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't buy it. Yeah, sh- show me against uh, okay. a real team, and then I'm in, Graham. Um, I think we found the worst Power Five program. Minnesota okay. beats Colorado 49-7. to And mm-hmm. Mel Tucker broke Colorado. I think we that's what we the takeaway is. It's crazy that since the days of Rashawn Salam, 
the brightest days to be a Colorado football fan came in one five and seven team, one five and seven season under Mel Tucker. That's uh, that that is a dark sentence, but I'm not sure that anyone could argue it at this point. That's it's so sad. Like they, they <laughs> it's are so sad. It's so sad because like Colorado, not exactly a, a you know a talent hotbed, but it's, like this team has a lot of history. I think it's the problem for the old Big 12 teams is that they they come from an era where it didn't really matter where you were from. It was kind yeah. of like program names trumped everything else. And like, oh, I can actually go play college football. I'm going to go do that there. Now the opportunities are so vast that unless you have something really to set you apart, it's just tough to justify getting kids to go to play school to play football there and uh yeah i don't know maybe the bump down to the group of five uh that comes with conference realignment will really help colorado dude i don't even have fun i had so many bookmark tweets i have <laughs> i find no joy in like digging those up like it's not even fun yeah you, know, you feel like bad. we won we won yeah, it, we it's won. time for everybody to move on we took your hot girlfriend yeah. But like it's how you're bankrupt and homeless. I don't feel good about <laughs> that. I yeah. don't. I don't to. enjoy that. I didn't yeah. want that. I, I just wanted you to feel like shit. I don't want you to like be awful. Oh man. So, Penn, what do you wait? What do you think here? Uh, is 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 uh, is Penn State for real? They win and no. play. They beat Auburn forty-one to twelve. So what did you learn? Um, I learned that they have two awesome running backs in Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Um, but that was honestly my, my main potentially only takeaway. Uh, it's also that I'm just not really sure um, that I believe in. I, I, I got, I got to wonder if, you know, we talked about other head coaches being on the spot. It, the, the clock is, is, let's just fire Brian Harson and be done with this. Nobody wants him there. He doesn't want to be there. Like these guys aren't even showing up for this huge game against what is a decent Penn state team, but it's still one that's helmed by Sean Clifford and he's out there making crazy plays against them. Um, and they're definitely a very talented team that should not get waxed like that at home. So I, yeah, I think we might as well start putting things in, in, in cardboard boxes for our boy, Brian. Man. That was a short-lived tenure. Um, yeah. Okay. Ohio State hosted Toledo. I said that this game would be closer than um, people think it should. I was wrong. And I'm sorry <laughs> for that. Ohio State won 77-21, to 21, had 763 yards of offense. Jesus. Um, I think what makes me most nervous is I, I still do think Toledo might contend in the MAC. <laughs> And so it's just that vast of a gap. Um, Correct. Yeah. I don't know. What yeah, else I to say, dude, Travion Henderson had four carries. He didn't even play. I mean, I just hope Toledo puts that money to good use. That's sure. All. Build a new building. Do something fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Iowa blanked Nevada 27 to nothing. I think my only takeaway is, well, there were two. One, I think I'm still undefeated on taking the under for every Iowa game this year. I I think you should look into it. 
And the other thing is, I don't know if you saw, there was a lightning delay in this game that was like as long as yeah. MSU Penn State game. And so they just like had, didn't have security anymore. And people were just bringing their dogs into the stadium. And I was just like, this place rules. That's how we should do college football all the time. <laughs> I agree. The I, the Aya Wonder, is that what we want to call it maybe? Um, Ooh. Yeah, that's that's fun with words right there. That's good. Yeah, I I think they should play every Iowa game like this. Like start it so people can be like, hey, cool football, and then let everybody forget about it and finish mm-hmm. it in the middle of the night when no one's watching. <laughs> that's the safest thing to do, man. Don't make any of the anyone watch things they don't have to. Um, Maryland snuck out a win at home against a sneaky Pony Express Southern Methodist team, thirty-four to twenty-seven. There were 15 penalties for Maryland in this game, and I think my takeaway was they're starting to win games that they usually lose. This was definitely a game that past Maryland teams would drop. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I need to see them do it against a Big Ten team before I change my tune on them at all. But I, what, one thing I will say for them is it's clearly a talented team. Like, they can score. I think they're going to be able to score against Michigan this week. But um, I just – I still like, – like you said, 15 penalties – I I don't trust them. Like, if that comes against a decent team, I'm not saying SMU is bad, but, like, if that comes against Michigan State, if that comes against Penn State, if that comes against even, like, a Minnesota or any of these other, like, decent Big Ten teams, that's going to cost them the game. Like, you know, so yeah. that in, in, in that way, this is a typical Maryland performance, kind of. Let's take it's a look. It's still week three, man. Yeah. <laughs> Got to remember. Yeah. Long way to go. Um Upcoming national games, only a handful highlighted. Uh, Clemson, number five, travels to 21 Wake Forest, seven and a half point favorites. Well, I think we find out if they're a playoff contender or not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they got to be able to score because Wake Forest, you know, is is going to be able to to probably put up some points. I don't know if they're going to really be able to super compete, but but it's going to be a test for Clemson's offense for sure. Um, I put this one on here for you because Notre Dame travels to North Carolina. I think I remember you saying North Carolina was your sneaky uh, playoff pick. Well, they're undefeated. Yeah, they sure they are. They did beat Appalachian State, who uh-huh. beat Texas A&M, and had an amazing finish. Did you see that end? To which game? Appalachian State won on a Hail Mary versus Trump. Oh, yes, that was insane. Incredible. So you're yeah. uh, I one thing I feel very good about is my opinion on Drake May. Drake May is legit. Watch him play. He's a legit ass quarterback. I like him a lot. Um, I I mean they gave up 61 points in the game. I don't know how on board I can get with them in the future, but um, this would be a good test because if they can actually score in this one, uh, Notre Dame for all their flaws on offense still has a very very good and talented defense. So. Um, yeah, good test for them for sure. Florida, number 20 heads to number 13, Tennessee, who is an 11-point favorite. I think Tennessee might finally have a team their fans always think they have. Famous last words. Uh, I will once again believe it when I see it with Tennessee, although they admittedly look pretty darn good so far this year. Um it's Tennessee. Like I can't shake my bias yet until yeah. I, uh, you know, they got to win a couple more big ones for me to really get in on it. But this is a great opportunity. I mean, Anthony Richardson, huge potential, huge showcase game for him. 
Um, that'll be actually be a that'll be a really fun one. I was surprised. I think Florida's like a double digit dog in this game. Yeah, eleven point dog. Um, Arkansas. We talked about this one. Heads to Texas A and M. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how how short Jimbo's rope is if he drops this one at home. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty pretty tough. You know, you uh, you lose a game at home to a top ten team, and people start calling for your your neck like I just did. But you know, them's the breaks when you have all of that, all these resources. And I don't know. I don't. I mean, I think this will be a really interesting test for both of these teams because A&M's defense is still super physical and talented and loaded, and that's like the style Arkansas offense. Arkansas's offense plays. They just run down your throat. So it'll be a, a clash of two strengths from these teams. Um, all right. Let's finish it out because USC number seven heads to Oregon State. And this is my this is an op game for me. Oregon State okay. is terrible, but Vegas says USC only a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, I am shocked by that line. I don't know what we've seen from USC that is saying anything close to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a chance for Jonathan Smith, the head coach, to become, I mean, you know, with a great last name like that, he probably already is, but to become a legendary <laughs> Head coach, no, to but but to actually put his name on the list for any big openings that pop pop up a year from now, because uh, again, this is one of those programs where if you can make Oregon State relevant, man, just imagine what you can do with talent and resources. So yeah, I think his name will get uh, get real hot on the on the uh, the carousel if they're able to pull this one off. You ready for another Ope game? I am Chattanooga at Illinois on Thursday night. Hell yeah. I don't know why they're playing on Thursday night. I do know Chattanooga is 3-0, and and I don't trust Illinois at all. Nor should you. <laughs> Chaos. Um, yeah, this, that'll be a fun one. God, I would love it. Go Mox. Let's, let's make that happen. CMU travels to Penn State. CMU um, just racking up checks this year. They played Oklahoma State uh, and <laughs> Penn State. That's a... That's a asking. They must be doing some uh, stadium upgrades or something. Yeah, I was going to say, what? Where are these renovations? Uh, when are these starting? Um, I think it'd be funny one day if one of these uh, teams or these these schools that build a renovation based off these paychecks like names the building <laughs> after like the Penn State Memorial uh, <laughs> Athletic Center or something like that, like Happy Valley Building or something stupid. The uh, forty-five to six ass kicking paid for this game. If you're wondering, like they should put a plaque up for every player that got their ass handed to them in that game, or like put up the box score as a as a bronze plaque on the outside of the building. Like your your former uh, schoolmates' tears paid for this building to the tune of sixty-six to seven. People literally got hurt for this building. Yeah, <laughs> it's not cool. They should put the injury report on there, too. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, we talked a little bit about Maryland headed to Michigan. Um, September, it is still September, so Maryland hype train is uh, still alive. Uh, what do you think happens here as Michigan is, I think, a 17-point favorite? Well, I I want to say that if Maryland plays a clean game, they can – I think they're going to be able to score on Michigan. I really, I really do. I, I think they have legitimate talent at a lot of these skill positions that would, that would 
honestly surprise people. And we've seen a, a little bit more responsible righty to a, um, I think he's taken a bit of a step this year. But that being said, I just don't think that they're much of a challenge in in the trenches for Michigan on, on either side of the ball. Um, one thing I will say is uh, uh, they do have a really highly regarded offensive tackle, Jalen Duncan, who's popping up on NFL radars. So um, that never hurts when you play against a, a team with a, a lot of defensive talent, pass rushing talent like like Michigan has. But, um, you know, it's still a tall task, especially going to uh, Ann Arbor. But, but a 17 and a half point spread is big. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked to see Maryland cover that because, again, this is a this is a test for Michigan in that, you know, you you haven't played anyone. And Maryland is someone. Maybe they're not great, but they're someone. They technically are a power five team. Correct. Um, Indiana heads to Cincinnati and Tom Allen is in year six. And they are a 17 and a half point underdog to a group of five teams. Yeah. Does he have the best job in America? If we're talking about job security, man, him or Pat Fitzgerald, you tell me. Uh, one of those two, definitely. But yeah, I mean, this would, this would be a big ask of them to win because Cincinnati's still still a talented team. We saw they almost went down and beat Arkansas already this year. So um, I, I think they're going to get run out of the gym. But this would be a great game for Indiana to stay close in. I think it's just... I think you need to expect a little bit more in year six. I don't care what. Oh, I agree. Um, Mark Stoops also has a great gig. Oh, man. Football school. Yeah. Single-handedly make Kentucky a football school. <laughs> Iowa, seven and a half point favorites at Rutgers. This is a real sicko game. For oh, me. yeah. This, how, how excited are you? What do you think the over-under is on this? It should be 20.5. But they it's... They juiced that baby up to 35 and a half, and I couldn't have gotten him faster. <laughs> On the under? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, baby. I won't let me down. No. Uh, when have they before? Dude, only every time. Florida Atlantic at Purdue, not for me. You know, I, I, I'm going to be – can only do one sicko game at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Schnellenberger didn't die for this. <laughs> um. I'm for sure. I think he's. I hope he's alive, but I think he's dead. So I, I kind of feel bad about that, but it's still true. <laughs> I am for sure not going to watch Miami, Ohio at Northwestern. Oh six God. and a half. You know what? I might because I might <laughs> take Miami to win this one straight up. I mean, at this point, you, it's you have to wonder if they're. <laughs> They're definitely a more uh, caliber, higher caliber team than um, Southern Illinois football. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why not? Might be some free money on the board, folks. And then our game of the week, uh, Wisconsin travels to Ohio State. And I, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm going to love and hate this game at the same time because I'm going to love to see Wisconsin get absolutely run. going to hate to know that um, my turn's soon. Yeah. Exactly. That's let's just I think we need to sit back and enjoy watching another team get beaten into a bloody pulp as long as we can, knowing our turn is, in fact, uh, right around the corner. <laughs> Dude, Ohio State's an 18 point favorite. And that feels yeah, feels low. It's an, that is that is one of the easier bets you'll make all year is Ohio <laughs> State minus the points. You should put 
I'm not going to tell you you should put your mortgage on it. But if you told me that you did, I would shake your hand and say, I get it. Wisconsin is the second best program in the Big Ten over the last 30 years. And we are we are in a full agreement that you should yeah, yeah. probably go get Ohio State. Uh, all right. Our game. Uh, Michigan State hosts Minnesota. Uh, 2.30 or afternoon game, Big Ten Network, um, spread open as Minnesota, a three-point favorite. Mm-hmm. The computers, they uh, they think Michigan State has about a 55% chance at winning, though. So, again, um, conflicting thoughts there. So far, Minnesota has beaten the hell out of New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado. So, I think they everyone thought – Colorado wasn't going to be this bad, so it wasn't that egregious of scheduling, but still pretty bad. Not and challenging. Their quarterback, Tanner Morgan, again. <laughs> PJ Fleck, Fleck is in his sixth year, and this is still his second quarterback at Minnesota. That's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly wonder – if he, like, do you think he leaves the school when Tanner Morgan leaves just because he's not going to remember what it's like? Like, yeah. he's not going to like what it's like without him there. Um, I think he wanted to leave for a long time. Yeah. I don't think he ever felt like he'd be dealing with this problem. This always felt like somebody else's decision to make to, to PJ. Uh, he was hoping to be out of here and he's like, oh, just, I guess we'll just bring him back again. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's still here. He hasn't moved out yet. He's not going to the NFL. Um, but yes, Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, uh, on one hand, you know, guy's been there a long time. He's a senior quarterback. On the other hand, he has attempted, I want to say, fewer than 50 passes or 60 passes so far on the season. Yeah, 53. Yeah, 50, three 53 passes in three games. Uh, <laughs> so, so listen, they're really counting on Tanner's professional expertise to carry the passing game in this one because they're, they're clearly not worried about him getting warmed up. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, Minnesota is going to be a team that struggles to, to score the ball, I think, a lot this season. And they're going to be able to run. Mo Ibrahim is a legitimate running back, I think, against lesser opponents, especially in their division within the conference. They're going to they're going to be able to score, but that it might be the only way they're able to do it. Morgan, for as much experience as he has, is you know not uh, an overly gift. Put it this way: there's a reason he's back for his sixth year because um, he doesn't have a lot of you know potential at the next level. He's uh, limited in what he can do with his arm talent. Not the most mobile guy. Just kind of that that caretaker. To his credit, he's completed 72 percent of his passes this year only thrown one pick through three games and only been sacked one time again against limited uh, competition. But, you know, you think of a caretaker, that's kind of Tanner Morgan um, through and through the, the biggest concern for me, if I'm a Minnesota fan is that uh, we literally have to run the ball. They have to run the ball. Like I said, Ibrahim is, is kind of the bell cow through three games already has seven touchdowns. Uh, Trey Potts, uh, another nice running back has over 200 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. But offensively, on, on, excuse me, at the, at, at the wide receiver position, there's just not a lot to get excited about. And it's a really it, it's actually a, a pretty big shame as to why that's the case, because Chris Ottman Bell, who is in his also in his sixth year at Minnesota, uh, went out with a season ending leg injury last week. He was leading the team in receptions, yards and was tied for the team lead 
in touchdowns, admittedly only with one, but um, he was their big, big playmaker across the board. Their next leading receiver is a tight end. Uh, and the third leading receiver has only six catches through three games. So, uh, you know, if you're looking at this from the Michigan State perspective, what you want to see, um, this is one of those teams, actually, in fact, that I think you can get away with playing the salad defense you played last week because yep. you're going against a quarterback who's just not going to be able to exploit it. So um, that that will be interesting to see how much they, they change. The key for Michigan State's defense is going to be on the ground. Do you answer, do you answer the bell? Uh, and slow down these two running backs because if so, you should be more than capable of uh, of you know limiting their offense um, and, and to the point that uh, you know you, you might not have to put up a ton of points to to win this game. I think you can feel really good about Michigan State's chances if Jacob Slade plays because mm-hmm. he's the best defensive tackle and in a very deep room, you know, we probably didn't give those guys enough credit when we talked about the Washington game. They, I mean, they held up their end of the bargain and they certainly um, shut down Washington's run game. And also, you know, we're there for the, you know, the goal line stands, which we did mention. You get Slade back on top of what we just saw against Washington. I think you can feel pretty good about bottling up. You know, you're not going to stop it, but you're going to mm-hmm. really pain Minnesota into throwing the ball. And like we talked about, this is the other side of the coin of that defense. You're baiting Tanner Morgan. You're asking Minnesota to have him throw the ball 30 plus times a game, probably 35, because every team that Michigan State plays, you'll if you go and note, I think Justin Thin's going to throw this one in the athletic uh, article coming out is that almost every quarterback they play is is up and near the top of um, in career attempts and yards against Michigan State. They'll give you the yard. But the, the flip side is, how many games of those did Michigan State win? More than they lost. Because it's hard to ask a, what you call them, a caretaker to win games. Yeah. Caretakers don't want to win games. Caretakers like to hand the ball off to Ibrahim and say, you do it. And they don't want to put the ball in Tanner Morgan's hands for a reason. And now they just dropped Chris Autumn Bell, unfortunately. He was 30% of their receiving yards this year. And yeah. as explosive plays go, I mean, they've had 29 passing plays that went for 10 plus yards this season. Nine more to him. Five went for, they only have five uh, passing plays with 30 plus yards this season. Two were to him. They've only had one that went for 50 yards and it was to him. So you have, they have one other receiver that can truly play at this level in a nice tight end. And you're going to be asking Tanner Morgan to basically beat us with those two guys. Because I really don't think plan A will work against Michigan State's front defense. I I don't. But yeah, no, but I would, I would agree. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, the last two years, even the rush defense has been solid, even against really good teams. So I don't think solid to great against good teams. So I, I would agree this from an offensive perspective for Minnesota is looking like a, a major uphill battle. Um, and the thing is like, you don't, to put it very simply, like you trust Michael Penix to take a three-step drop and find a receiver right in that Kalen mm-hmm. four offense that you don't trust Tanner Morgan to do the same thing. And he doesn't have the weapons. And I don't think he has the offensive line. So 
there's a lot of uh, this is going to be a drastically different looking offense than Michigan State is facing this week. I think defensively is where, um, you know, again, I, I'm not sure what Minnesota necessarily brings to the table that that MSU hasn't seen so far. They have six sacks through six games. Their leading sacker, Danny Striegau, has uh, two of those. Um, not a ton on the interception front, only only two so far. So it's a little bit difficult to read into exactly what they do. Their leading tackler, Mariano Sori Marine, has 16 tackles. The next leading tackler has eight. So mm. it'd be fair to say you want to block him, uh, that linebacker. But, um, yeah, I, I think, again, this we Michigan State is going to have the most offensive talent that this Minnesota team has played. I think an interesting thing to look for will be, again, kind of those injuries the, on both sides of the ball. Jacob Slade, um, you'd love to see him come back and, and play, obviously, to, to help against a, what should be a very run-heavy scheme from Minnesota. Um, but Jaden Reed, I mean, he missed that game. And again, you didn't see a huge step back from Michigan State on uh, offense. Special teams, though, was was a bit of a different story. You kind of lose his explosiveness there. You lose the safety blanket element on offense, and um, you know it gets tough. But even whether Reed plays or not, you know, I think we've seen that MSU they put up 28 points uh, and should and left some on the field against a much more talented Washington defense under much tougher conditions. Um, this should they should be able to put up at least that many, if not more. And, you know, I'm not sure where Minnesota is coming up with with 28 points in this game or more than that. I'm not sure how they're going to put that up. So um, Minnesota is favored. I'm not sure. uh, I'm not sure why. (laughs) And uh, quite honestly, I think this is actually a, a very good if you look at bounce back games for Michigan State, this is. This is a, a really good one because while it is, it's a Big Ten team, a legitimate Big Ten team with an actual chance to win their division, I think. Um, so you yep. don't get to just sleepwalk through this. And um, you've still got to answer the bell, right? You can't you can't go to sleep and start thinking ahead because there, there are tough games. I mean, the next four after this Minnesota game are at Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and at Michigan. But you don't want to look ahead. But this is not a game you can drop. So you got to lock back in. Uh, right away before you know you hit this this tough stretch in Minnesota. I think this this shapes up well for Michigan State. You hope so because if they can't beat a team that is as one dimensional as Minnesota is, you have to start to question a lot. <laughs> and, you know, does the Wisconsin game look? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to look at how are you gonna how are you gonna shut down? Can you compete in the Penn State game? You know, like start to ask those questions and you don't want to go down that path. This this Uh, is a big game for Mel Tucker. Yeah, I I really do think that this is. This is a huge game because you talked about culture before and the fact that they kept fighting and they hung in there against Washington, even though it looked like it was all over. Um this is a culture game. How do you respond after a bad loss? I mean, I think we saw them do it a year ago pretty well. Uh, you went out and you lost to Purdue, and then I'm pretty sure the next week you came back uh, and you beat Maryland 40 to 21. Um, how do you answer? The, you know, how do you you bounce back from a, a tough loss? 
and set the tone for the rest of the season because you heard it from the guys after the game. You know, the, the whole season's in front of us. Everything we want to do in the Big Ten is in front of us. That's like the old like Tom Izzo adage, but um, it's, it is true here. So it's a great, like you said, uh, if the defense struggles in this one, I, all those things I said about Scotty Hazleton earlier uh, get an awful lot louder from a lot more people, but um, he gets a chance to redeem himself here and hopefully Michigan State can turn this one into a W. That's right. You know, um, critical, critical win, uh, critical game. And um, should be a fun one, though. Afternoon ones. Um, see how the fans show up. I mean, Michigan State at home, it's a different beast. Um, when the fans are, are engaged, hope uh, the fans are able to bounce back from last week, too, and um, give them a real home advantage this, week, this weekend. Yeah. Shout out to those who went to the Washington game. Saw yeah. a ton of green on the screen. Um, MSU was well represented. And... Uh, just bring that same energy this week. Just because it's not Washington, bring that same energy and let's turn that M upside down, huh? Nice. Yes. And I think with that, we shall go. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. As always, thanks for sticking with us. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next week. Yep.